Welcome back, everyone, to the Washed Athlete Podcast. We just did a take without our microphones recording properly, so we are going to talk about some of the same stuff we talked about, um, but it'll definitely sound a little bit like we had just discussed it because we just did. If you're new around here, we're the Washed Athlete Podcast. We're a group of college kids living at the University of Pittsburgh, and we talk about sports pretty much any time. We're playing, also playing blackjack. Or po- we're playing poker this time around. Um, but we're playing some card games on deck, pretty <laughs> casual fashion. We're going to start off by talking about Nat Hackett, Sean Payton, and the Jets because Nat Hackett got a, got reamed out pretty much by Sean Payton yeah. for no reason at all. Um, well, some reason. Some reason. Yes. But there wasn't really a good reason. I mean, that guy's got a wife and kids, and he's happy playing with Aaron Rodgers over in New York or New Jersey. I, I heard you and, about to say Green Bay. <laughs> New York, New Jersey. It's and, just so weird to say now. Yeah, that Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. It's a difference, too, between, like, Green Bay, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere, versus, like, New York and, like, northern New Jersey, which is, like, a hot pocket of just, like, people and, like, mm-hmm. density and media coverage. Newark, New Jersey. It's just a completely different area. It's like, kind of weird to see him with all, like, the lights and cameras, but he's handling mm-hmm. it well so far. There's nothing been, like, super strange no. that uh, he's been doing. I mean, again, he tends to ayahuasca, con- the ayahuasca conventions every here and there, but that's typical Aaron Rodgers. He's behavior. just a hippie that can throw the ball really well. Yeah, like, exactly. Let's be real here. Um, but Sean Payton went after the Jets, and we were kind of saying in our other recording that we just really don't think that – I don't think the Broncos are going to be that good. So to go after the Broncos for – I mean, to go after the Jets on Sean Payton's behalf because, like, I don't know – I. I think you only go after them if you're slightly intimidated or you want to like say something like I don't like I just don't know the point. I th- it's it honestly seems like Sean Payton was just salty that the Broncos weren't getting any coverage anymore and the Jets were getting a lot more. Yeah, and then he's like, "Well, they have a bad offensive coordinator now, so I don't know why they're even doing anything." And it's like, "Dude, chill out, bro. No one's talking like, to you." They're like all this. He's like all this hard knock stuff, and it's like the Jets didn't choose to be on. They declined to be on hard knocks, and then they got chosen for it because. Yeah the league can force them to do that. Yeah, because the league's like, this is going to be really, really good media, so we're going to make you do this. And then Sean Payton's like, look at them. They're winning the offseason. They're going on hard They knocks. don't care about the regular season. They it's only like, care about winning the offseason. They didn't want to be on hard knocks in the first place. Exactly. Or, yeah. Aaron Rodgers hates the media. He doesn't want to be on <laughs> hard knocks. And he's like, look at them. They're having a great offseason, and we can't complain about this. And we talked about it before. They did not have that great of an offseason. They got Aaron Rodgers and some mid-receivers on the side to make Aaron Rodgers happy. And that's all they've done. Other than that, Sauce Gardner went to some kind of event with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers might have hooked a brother up, and that's all that happened. Oh, yeah, they went to a, uh, a Knicks game. Yeah, yeah they went yeah. to a Knicks game. Yep. And Aaron Rodgers gave that gave Sauce a number, yeah. you know, introduced him, and yeah. that's all that happened. Gave them in the and they're, right there. Yeah, and they're pretending like they're winning the offseason like crazy. Yeah, and the, well, the whole thing is that, like, my take is that, like, Sean Payton is clearly just salty uh-huh. because the whole thing is, like, why wouldn't you try to win the offseason? Like, obviously, you don't get anything out of it, but that's how you set yourself up for success. Like, you need to do as well as you can in the offseason so that way you're ready for the season. So it's like, obviously, they're going to try to do their best to win the offseason. And yeah, there's going to be the media narrative surrounding, like, the New York market. It's going to be way more in your face. It's going to be way um, bigger than the Green Bay market and everything like that. But, like, at the end of the day, I don't know why you're getting upset with the fact that the Jets are having like a, a pretty good off season and you're like, oh, well, they're just focused on the off season. They don't care about actually winning. It's like, well, how else would you win if not in the off season? Like yeah. that's how that's where it starts. And especially for a team like it's not like they're the Chiefs who just won a Super Bowl, the Eagles who just got there, the 49ers who were knocking on the door. Like they are they were not good team last year. Yeah. And you so you need to get better. The Broncos, on the other hand, haven't done anything. So I would say, besides from getting Sean Payton, they are a bad team that did nothing. They are losing the offseason. They're actively mm-hmm. not making themselves better. They're hoping that Russell Wilson's better and that some of their, their coaching is better. But does the coaching account for all those games in a tough no. conference? Who's their running back? Javante uh, Williams. Yeah, Javante Williams. Yeah, he, I think he's back from an injury. He, he is, but who knows what he's going to be off receivers are... Uh, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy, Judy Corton Sutton, Sutton not, Tim Patrick just went down with an injury. Fant, the tight end, I think. Noah Fant. Like, the Broncos. Is... Seahawks. No, Fant's on the Seahawks. Now. Yeah, yeah. He, he was in the trade. Forgot about that. And the Broncos but... don't have a bad roster. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Their if they... defense is really good. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked that they, like, I don't think anyone would be shocked that they snuck into the wild card game, but I don't think anyone thinks they're winning a division. No, no, no shot. And they're, so they're fighting for two and three in a division. And 
when you're in that type of position, and I think I think the AFC East is way more open for Green Bay to win it than nope, the, nope. Jets, Jets. Jets. You said, you said yeah. Green Bay. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's gonna be a minute. The New York Packers. <laughs> yeah. Um when the New yes, York Packers yes. um I think they have a lot more chance to win the AFC East. I'm not super high on the Jets, but I think they have a better chance to win that division than the Broncos do beating out the Chargers or the Chiefs for the division. Yep. So I think just for Sean Payne to even take the shots, it's gonna end up on freezing cold takes. Yep. And we're all gonna laugh at the end of the year when the Broncos miss the playoff or get bounced in the first round. And we're like, you talked all that for nothing. It doesn't even matter if the Jets missed the playoffs. Like Sean Payton has put the team in a position where they need to perform well. Yeah. And they didn't next year. And we don't know about their quarterback. Like Russell Wilson has not been good for two years. He's always been as cringy for two years. <laughs> and now they're coming in and expecting him to be the person to like move the franchise up to playoff contention. And he hasn't done that in a really long time. No, I don't hate Russell Wilson. No, but he hasn't been good. And they're like, they're saying that the Packers are, care too much about the offseason because they got a good quarterback. Meanwhile, their quarterback Wrong team again. has done. No, it's the New York Packers. It's fine. New York Packers. <laughs> uh, uh, it's fine. Say it with me. Aaron Rodgers is a, a New, New York, York Jet. Jet. Green Bay Packer. Green Bay Packer. <laughs> He's brainwashed. <laughs> Green Bay Jets. Green Bay Jets. There you go. Um, But yeah, I just don't, I don't think, I don't think it's going to end up well. Mm-hmm. And they got, they played the game last night. Which I don't think anyone cares about preseason. Like, there's nothing worse than preseason. It's football. not even. Pre- it's Hall of Fame game. Yeah. This is yeah. like there is zero stakes. Which actually makes me kind of sad for like the people in the Hall of Fame. Like that they watch the this, worst game of the year. This is the game dedicated towards like their accomplishment, and it's the bat. It's this dude from UCLA who is getting hype after throwing 62 yards. Hey, of total hey, offense. Let's not disrespect Zachary Wilson out here. No, no, no. That this is that was the Browns this is the U- I know, I know. yeah the Browns quarterback. From UCLA, the I don't dude, know his he name. DTFR, DTR, whatever it yeah. is. He, he was the guy who threw the fit in the Sun Bowl against us oh. and tried fighting like cancer. <laughs> oh yeah, by, I by us, us Raj means pit. Yes, on pit football, where um, Pat Saul had like five for five from field goals yeah. and won the game. <laughs> hit the game. Patty drove us down with yeah. twenty seconds left to hit that game winner. Great game. Hype. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, you've got like these. Like Zach Wilson plays like six snaps of football or six, uh, six, he had five passes. He had five he was passes. Three for five. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> three for five. And then so like you're, at least you could be like, okay, you know what, Zach Wilson, he's kind of interesting. He's had a little bit of an offseason with Aaron Rodgers. Let's see him play. Throws the ball five times. Then the you, immediately gets subbed out. <laughs> yeah, you have the Browns backup quarterback in the game. Deshaun Watson doesn't even step on the field. No. And this is the game that we get. Yeah. It's like I always don't even think you should have preseason football then, because no one's actually taking like serious reps. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers isn't taking reps with his new players. Garrett Wilson isn't playing. Like, there's just no stakes at all. Like, if you're the Eagles or the Chiefs, right, and you have a preseason game, which they will have, you have no incentive to play anybody. So why even have the game? Yeah. At least with basketball, people will get run for five, ten minutes, get out on the court. Play it's a lot easier a to play bit. pickup basketball than yeah. football. This is the, I mean, this is the problem we talk about with the Pro Bowl too, where it's like people don't want to hit, hit, get hit, and take hits in a game that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about the preseason. Just get rid of it. Well, the okay, the preseason I feel like makes a little bit of sense because you do. I feel like the preseason isn't necessarily for the starters. It's for like the fifty-three man roster, and the I would people agree. that are never going to see the field. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it does really suck whenever people like pay money to go out and watch a preseason game and it is just the worst football you've ever seen it like literally looks like a high school game out there like that does suck but i mean it like you kind of know what you're going into with a preseason game at that point it's like obviously you know it's not gonna be seeing kenny last year was electric that was pretty cool that was pretty cool watching him on the field when you do have like players that you're looking out for and you like Mm -hmm. want them to do well Mm -hmm. it does become a lot more interesting like even last night in a picture to our group chat that Izzy Abanacanda, uh, who plays for the Jets, he went to Pitt. He's a running back. For, yep. He's been a running back since we've been at here. Um, so it was cool kind of seeing him on the field a little bit. Like, hey, yeah. that's, like, that's, that's our, guy. our guy. But besides having like own personal rooting interests, there's not much of a reason to watch. I'm not going to watch Eagles um, football, even though I'm an Eagles Eagles preseason football, mm-hmm. even though I'm an Eagles fan, because they're not going to tell me anything. Yeah. Like, there's, <laughs> there's a few interesting players, but if they do something cool, I'll see a highlight mm-hmm. on yeah. Uh, Instagram or YouTube or whatnot. So I feel like this is more for those teams that just drafted their rookie QB, who's definitely starting the CJ Strauss, CJ Bryce, Stroud, Youngs. Bryce Youngs. Hell, they might not even play them. They might. Only I play feel them what I'm saying. Like, I'm yeah. not even confident they're they're gonna play I those mean, guys. Most teams in the preseason at least have one the first drive of the season. Oh no no no! They they'll uh, they the start a little bit, but like, not the they whole won't time. Play They'll have one drive, maybe two, and then they'll never see the field again. But preseason by, by even one drive, it's like okay, you have a one drive 
scripted plays. You're not going off of those plays. You're not making audibles. Literally, the coach is just going to say, follow this exact plan and go down the field. And they're not even playing against pro defenses. No. And no matter what they do, if they do great, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's preseason. If they Who do cares, bad, yeah. everyone's going to be like, they can't even throw against like, why? Like, why am I even here? <laughs> so just, you know, there's a lose-lose situation. So I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of NFL preseason. But I don't really feel like it's a hot take. I just want the I want the season to start. I want so the, I, yeah I want the season to start. <laughs> I'm it's, so excited, it's gonna be really man. fun, and we'll probably do a bigger preview as it gets closer. We talked about that a little bit last episode, but um, the AFC is packed, which makes it super exciting AFC because is stacked. The wild card spot is gonna be filled up. You got teams like Chargers, Jets, Broncos, um, Broncos. Breaking news: Turner got a hit. Oh. Oh my God! Finally, and we're losing we'll seven save, five. Save, save it for the save baseball. It for baseball. Save it for the baseball. <laughs> I'm part. sorry. It's so. It's just if, when Trey Turner gets a hit, I need to announce it. But that, you know, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah. So so it's like what? So top down, you have Chiefs, Bengals, Bills. I guess you could say Jets, Ravens, um, Chargers, Chargers. Um, Jaguars. Um, hmm. Who else? I mean, that's like seven. That's that's an entire playoff. Yeah, the entire... Raiders look interesting. Well, and then there's a lot of teams that are interesting. Like the Patriots are always nine and eight, ten and seven, eight well, and didn't nine. They have a losing record last year. Yeah, they are, I think they were eight. And that nine. was like the first time but that they did. When you have a team that's constantly like that, it's like, do you pick up a little bit on the margins and suddenly are ten and seven and you're in a spot? Um, if you're the Raiders, you kind of have an interesting team a little bit. Jimmy Garoppolo. So do you sneak into the playoffs, but you've got a tough division? Um, and if you're in the – this is what I thought about a lot. If you're in a division with – it's the – what's the division with the uh, Colts? Oh, I forgot about Dolphins. Jaguars. AFC, um, AFC South. South. AFC South. If you're in that division and you're playing the Texans and – It's Texans, Colts, Colts Jags, Jags, Titans. Yeah, so if you're the Titans and you're playing the Colts and the Texans, and you win four of those games. That's four. You games, win a couple yeah. games on the side. Take one off the other division leader. Suddenly, you've got six, seven wins. Yeah, and you can be in a playoff hunt. So you just never truly know until until it happens. Yep. Um, so it'll be very interesting. The NFC is a very like very people, top heavy. People want to try to make it sound like it's like going to be interesting, but it's not. Because people it's, are like, oh, maybe the Cowboys will make no. it. It's the, it's the, the NFC Cow- East is carrying the entire. Yeah, and yeah. if people like some people want to be like, oh, maybe it. the Cowboys will like take the division. Seahawks. But if the Cowboys take the division, the Eagles are going to get in the wild card game. Yeah. So both teams make the playoffs. We worry about that later. Yeah. Everyone knows the 49ers going to be good. The NFC South is terrible. They're like, so, horrible. Like, the Saints might be fine. But that's it. Well, that it. The rest of the teams. That they don't have a starting are... running back for a couple games. Well, only it's only for three games. Oh, yeah. So, by the way, uh, Alvin Kamara has finally gotten his suspension from last year's yep. Pro Bowl, <laughs> where he rocked a dude and like, knocked him out cold in Vegas. Also, weirdly, I just saw that uh, a Colts corner was also in on that and also got suspended oh, three games. Nice. Didn't realize that was a thing, but that also... <laughs> The Colts players are taking L's left and right. They, I mean, they like the gambling stuff where the Colts has been out of control. Their cornerback room now has 20 games worth of suspensions. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you're just itching to place that $10 bet on, you know, some money line yeah. while you're in the locker room. It's so dumb. But anyway, that's, that's, yeah. It's the NFC is definitely way, way more top heavy because, yeah, you have like Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys. Um, and then like after those three, it's really a lot of just wild card teams that are playing or might be like, in yeah, the- like for example, take the NFC North. Yes. You've got mm-hmm. the Vikings, Packers, Lions, Lions, and Bears. Bears aren't making all those teams to me are wild card teams, but yeah. someone has to win the yeah, division someone has to win the division, mm-hmm. but they all are like wild card. Teams. So do you go with a potentially dynamic offense with? Got, like someone like Jordan Addison who got pulled over for going 120 20 miles per hour. On hey, the, hey, it was for his dog. 140. I don't also believe it was for his dog. It definitely <laughs> wasn't for his dog, and he's going 140. He didn't beat Henry Ruggs' record, but he was close. Yeah. So you got like a good, decent offense there. It looks good, but they have a terrible defense. They lost Dalvin yeah, Cook. Their defense looks you got, horrible. You got the Packers who could be good, but they are starting a quarterback who's never played before so who knows what he looks like justin fields is suddenly everyone's most favorite quarterback to win mvp Um, and the bears are maybe going to be good and the lions were good last year the lions i think could win that division Mm -hmm. i think they will win a division but 
it wouldn't shock me if they came in last place because they could also because I don't just, think their team is it's, like it's Jared Goff. Anything can happen. I'm not sure they have a wide receiver one. Well, they have a Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, I'm not sure he's a wide receiver one. Hey, he was like a wide receiver seven last year. He's pretty good last season. He's pretty I think good. he's good. I just don't know if he can be the best receiver. Oh, you're saying okay, okay, so like they don't have like he's, he's not AJ Brown. I w- like that. I will yeah. say his style of play is more of like a wide receiver two yeah. kind of thing, where he is more of like a slot kind of receiver, like stretch the field, mm, yeah. not necessarily like a go up and get it yeah. kind of receiver. So you he, you're right. They, their receiving core does, is missing like that one like kind of like big piece offensive yeah. weapon because they did also lose TJ, TJ Hawkinson, yep. which was the stupidest to move. a division rival. Like wh- I don't know what they were thinking. I think they ended up getting a um a tight end from Iowa again. I think, yeah. I think they drafted him. Mm-hmm. But like again, like you TJ Hawkinson was good. Like, yeah. I don't know why they just let him go for like a third round pick. And what's interesting is the Lions should know. Like they've been rebuilding the last couple of years, but they should know that this time is now for them to win the division. Because mm-hmm. really in football it's about winning your division. Yeah. Super Bowls are great, playoffs wins are great. But if you constantly win the division, no one's gonna say anything because the divisions and the rivalries matter so much yep. in football. Mm-hmm. No one cares what the Eagle what well, people care, but if the Eagles win the division ten years in a row but never win the Super Bowl, people will be like, damn, it's just kind of sad. If they're they still win. like very good. But they're gonna be like, we stuck us to the Giants, Cowboys, and yeah. uh commanders ever maybe the commanders, who knows? They, they might actually, change their they, they might, might change, change their name. They again. might change yeah. their name back to the Redskins, I've seen, but what <laughs> Oh really? I, I, I have seen I have seen, seen, the, I have I seen, seen that back that to the Redskins. Thing, but I don't it's a dumpster fire. Also is that finally thank I think God. the Washington oh, football we team. need to talk about Jim Ursay and Dan Snyder. Back to the Colts. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um well so let's so the transition to Dan Snyder. Yes. Yeah. But that's the, a good transition there. The worst owner is out, which god. is good. Thank God. What's really weird is that the guy who bought the Commanders <laughs> is the Sixers owner. So now you've got a little bit of a Philly Washington rivalry going on which there. Is really weird. But... Which is kind of strange. But I'm just glad Dan Snyder's out. I, the worst thing I like, I, the worst thing I hate to hear was when you have millionaires and billionaires owning teams, and they really treat their employees bad. And they're not good at like what they're doing. Like they yeah. should be ambassadors for the game, helping yeah. to grow the sport. Yeah. And when you constantly have owners, the same thing that happened when the Suns over Robert Sarver was there. Oh yeah, getting all just... these assault charges, Trash. not helping the team out. And it's like these players are just trying to play for you and build the base. They're yeah. they're ambassadors for the game. Your job is just to support them. You have the money to support them. Exactly. And you're not doing your job. So that was part of the reason I was excited for possibly Jeff Bezos owning them was because he has a lot of money and just he just has. Put, a- he could pour money because I don't want the commanders to be a blank check for him. because ultimate because in football there's a hard cap it doesn't really matter how rich your owner is there's not much you're changing about how the team is constructed how yep. much salary cap you have um but the more money you put into it the higher that salary cap goes yes and if you can build a stadium that's cool and you can get fans invested yeah, and build a good brand game that helps growing, out a lot growing, mm-hmm. growing, yep. so I'm really glad to see that Josh Harris is there now, just mm. for the league's sake, not yeah. not for like I prefer. Couldn't care less. Crappy for the Eagles. exactly. Yeah. But I'm also not really threatened by the Commanders to win the division. I don't know. Sam Howell apparently is better than Daniel Jones. I've been seeing, so hey, I don't know. The Corgi said the Cowboys are finishing in fourth, so the Cowboys are finishing in oh, fourth. Oh, that's right. I forgot the Corgi did decide. The Corgi made division picks already. Yes, yeah. I already made that. Wow. The Corgi. Corgi. is early this year. Corgi's ranking is Eagles, Giants. Commanders, Cowboys. I'm not going to say the Cowboys are going to come in last place. They're not I am. I, I don't am. think they are. They're not. I hate but the Cowboys. I do. Sli- I do think the Cowboys are coming into the year slightly overrated. It's like people don't want to pick the Eagles because they made the Super Bowl You're last year. The Cowboys are overrated. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. That's a hot take. I know. Right? Yeah. I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying it. The Cowboys are overrated. No. <laughs> I know. But I feel like people are now like it's like the popular pick to be like. Are the Eagles really running it back? Like, come on, they're not that good, right? And then they're like, oh, yeah. look, mm-hmm. the Cowboys got Dak Prescott, who had a ton of interceptions last year. Like, oh, look, they have Mr. I'm not throwing 10 interceptions this <laughs> they got, year. Watch to- me up throwing 20. They've got yeah, really. Tony Pollard. They've got Micah Parsons. They have CD Lamb. Lamb. CD's um, nuts. Sorry. Um, Trayvon Diggs, who's a captain and was screaming at Dak Prescott during practice. Calling him a don't choice select of words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I just think the Cowboys kind of got like they've got good players, but like I don't know if they have a great team. Yeah, because like, individually, I think a lot of their players are incredibly talented, but like they I don't know what McCarthy's doing over there. They just can't. 
figure it out. Also, losing Kellen Moore is not good. Well, because their whole thing, their whole shtick is that it's going to be, oh, well, Kellen Moore was the reason why the offense was stagnant, whatever. It's like he no, had, no, no. he led one of the best offenses in the league for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, it's Cal- not his fault. The Cowboys were first or second in scoring last year with Kellen yeah. Moore. Yeah. So they could be like, you can be all you want, like, oh, you need to perform in the playoffs, but also like, Regular season wins are important, and if you, you score, and if you <laughs> score more than the other team, you're always going to win. <laughs> exactly. Teams are all, like a million and out when they score yeah. more points than the other team. Oh well, the Cowboys were bad. Their defense was letting up so much. Okay, is that Kellen Moore's fault? He's the offensive coordinator, yeah. and they have Dan Quinn, who was a head coach and regarded as a good DC. So yeah. I'm just not sure Whatever. how good the Cowboys are going to be. But that we'll save that for another preview. Again, I am picking them to finish second in the division. Last. I do not think. Last. I do not think, and Last. I would like to reiterate that that the Commanders are going to finish ahead of them. You're it's sick with Saquon Barkley. If it happens, I wouldn't be shocked. It's going to be Actually, sick. I'm Delulu. Let's be real. Raj Barkley is going to lead the Giants to win the division. Raj, take it to Jim Mersey. Ah, <laughs> uh, so with the recent running back controversy, or not even a controversy, it's just the whole market being like running back drama. But you know. Austin Eckler decided to hold a Zoom meeting with elite running backs. And um, when I say elite, you, there's some questionable choices. In they that all meeting. were elite. And then it was like, who is it? Um, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> J.K. Dobbins. I was like, I was like, okay. I'm so confused. When I saw it, I was like, am I not remembering how good like J.K. Dobbins was? was like, he came out of college and was a decent high process. But I was like, was he really like him? No. He no. literally never was. Um, but anyway, back to you. But yeah, so... Well, then uh, two days later, Saquon signed his contract. Immediately is like, yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> anyway, I'm signing the deal. <laughs> I love they, how Saquon's takeaway within the Zoom meeting was like, there's a 0% chance <laughs> yeah. that I'm getting the money. Yeah, it's like, wow, we're screwed. Anyway, I'm taking the money. <laughs> and then basically a week after that, you have Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade from the Colts. And then an hour later, Jim Ursay says, we're not trading him. Well, so the whole thing with that is that Ursay came out and said, I'm basically that I'm not paying him. And and then was he said something to the effect of like if both of us were out of the league tomorrow, no one would care, <laughs> which was a really weird thing to say. But then it's um, bringing both himself and Jonathan Taylor down. Really, no really reason. weird. Really weird. I don't know. I really don't want why he said that. But so he says that. Then it comes out that Taylor had requested a trade. Then Ursay says we're not trading him by any means, not now or in October. And then. Um, they, I think they're trying to put him on like they're putting him on an injured, injured list reserve for back pain for back well you can't pain. put IR yet because the season has started yes, so they're yes. on IL yeah. Yeah, yeah so they're trying to put him on there for back pain so they don't have to pay him so they they would basically just tell him like you're not they're gonna hold out they're gonna, they're gonna force him to hold out and then JT said tweeted I've never had back pain before yeah, I'm not I don't know what you're talking about like I'm not doing that so and then there's a video of him on the field walking like he's like crippled yes yeah so he's walking around hood up like not like listening to anybody or whatever and like obviously this isn't a cr- critique on jonathan taylor because jim ursay is acting like a moron right now because jonathan taylor like is that offense at this point like because if you have like a rookie uh quarterback there like having a great running back to lean on is so important but you know uh, I don't know. It's it's hard for the running back market because obviously I'm a little bit biased because of Saquon Barkley. For sure. But but like I, I see the, the purpose of a running back. is There still is. There still is a purpose for the running back. It's not like some people are saying where it's like, oh, the running back is going to be extinct in a couple of years. No, it's not. It's the block. There will, there will always be a, a point to having a running back. Um, but the whole thing is that like it's hard to – look at all the top teams in the league and see they're not really paying running backs except for the 49ers who are paying Christian McCaffrey because he is such an elite receiver as well. Um, but I think it's just hard when you look at, like, at the market and you see Jonathan Taylor is like, he's a three down running back. He is like First, a yeah. workhorse and his prime is now, but that type of running back falls off very 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 hard yeah. after 27 and like when you look at players like ezekiel elliott like todd Gurley, like um demarco murray demarco murray um who else am i thinking of he was on the chargers before austin eckler melvin gordon yeah they all got paid and then completely screwed their teams over because their play fell off drastically because their play isn't worth the money mm-hmm. exactly so it's like the whole thing is that like it might just need to be it's less of i think it might be like, you know, the current running backs are kind of getting screwed. 
Like yeah. that's just what's going to happen. But eventually I think what's just, what is really going to happen is that um, running backs coming out of college are just going to be getting like actual deals Yeah. because like if they can like show, they might only get signed to like a one or two year rookie deal yeah. and then get paid immediately. So that way they are still in their prime. They don't have a lot of like work put on them, but they have proven that they can be good in an NFL style offense. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't come up with this take. Uh, Nick Wright did. Um, he's, he goes on FS1, but I think people are being a little bit over dramatic about the running back market right now because this is just what happens in the NFL and in sports. Like things change, positions change. Yep. Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, these were quarterbacks who were not extraordinarily dynamic who won Super Bowls. Yep. Go back in the last couple of years, you don't see it's Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow getting the Super Bowl, Matt Stafford winning a Super Bowl. They got a lot more dynamic quarterbacks. Like the league is very quarterback receiver heavy right now. Yep. You don't have like the league changes. If you look in basketball, we went from these centers who just posted up and yep. did this stuff. Then suddenly it was a guard heavy league. And now the centers are coming back a little bit. Like mm-hmm. things change. So maybe in a few years, there's going to be not many running backs because people aren't going to be playing the position as much. And then you're going to have a great running back who's going to be super dynamic or the rules change. And who knows? Well, because the whole thing with that is that I like in certain ways, you're right, because like you see it a lot in basketball where it's almost cyclical, where like certain things will come back into style just based on how the game evolves. And the whole thing with football is that like at first for like the the longest time that it was uh, that it was in here. It was very like whoever the biggest fat, like the biggest and strongest player, whoever hit the hardest, those are going to be the best players. But then as you started to see speed has really like evolved the game. And like that's what's really like getting pushed. Why Jameer Gibbs is picked so early in the draft. Exactly. Like he's a burner. He can catch. He can do all this. Well, the thing is, is that there's still room for players like Derrick Henry. Yeah. Who is a linebacker playing running back because he's now like being able to hit linebackers that are sometimes Mm -hmm. smaller than him. He is a Dodge Durango. Exactly. Like when there's always going to need to be like that kind, there's always going to be room for that just because of how like dynamic you can make a football team. But like the smaller that defenses get, you're going to then get more athletic players. Like, cause then you get like those rare cases like a Saquon Barkley, who's two thirty five, can run a four, four, and hits like a truck. Yeah. So it's like you will always have those unique players. But I think the whole thing is that like those unique players at running back, especially, are just going to need to get paid earlier because of how hard like the, the league is really becoming just based on how fast everybody is. Yeah, and that position is most dependent on the thing that's in front of them, which is the offensive line. Exactly. They're very dependent <laughs> position. I say they're most dependent, the most dependent position in the league. So when you're dependent on your offensive line having to block for you, then you're going to get paid less. And I feel bad for the stars who are getting a little bit screwed over right now because they want to get money so they can provide for their family and, mm-hmm. and live in luxury. But that's just kind of how the sport is. And yeah. you hit the roll with the punches. And I, I just don't think the continued debate around if running backs are like, I would love if the league could work out a little bit of rules and the contracts and be like, okay, cool. We'll take off 20% of what you're paid from the salary cap or whatever. Yeah. So you can get paid a little bit more without hurting your team. Yeah, so exactly. That instead of Saquon getting 10 million, he can get 12. Million. Well, cause, cause the deal he signed, it was like an 11, it was like a, I think it was like a $9 million guaranteed. And then it was like 2 million in incentives or something like yeah. that. It was just like a boosted up franchise tag. Yeah. It was just like that. So it's like a one year deal. And then they're just going to like keep trying to work out another contract. Yeah. But like the, the thing I will say is that, it was very obvious that the media was trying to push a narrative around Saquon Barkley that it was like, oh, he's being greedy. He's trying to just get all the money out, whatever. Meanwhile, it's like it's very obvious. It's like he obviously recognizes that the running back market is screwed. Yeah. That's what we found out. That's why he signed the deal. That's why he signed a contract. But he is a team focused player. Yeah, because that's why he said like in the interview, everyone's like, oh, like, why would you take the deal? He's like, well, it's either I sit out or I play. And he's like, and I want to play. I want to yeah. be here with my teammates. I want to win. And and for these running backs, like they have commercials they can be in and endorsements. They there can are other ways to get that stuff. So yeah. I'm not saying like obviously other players can get that as well. But mm-hmm. if you don't play, if you say the solution for running backs is that you should all hold out, out it's not going to work. Le'Veon Bell proved it doesn't work. Derrick Henry gets all this money from this Nissan Heisman commercial that he's always in because mm-hmm. he won the Heisman Trophy. Yep. If he doesn't play, they're not going to be interested in putting him on the Heisman commercial. Yep. Because no one's going to know who he is, especially like new fans of football. Of course. So. 
Saquon Barkley needs to play, so he's in his Nike commercials. Yep. Um, so he's in Beats commercials, things like that. His Powerade commercial, or whatever. especially in the, in the New York market. Yeah, like, exactly. If you play, if you play halfway decent in the New York market, you can make a lot of money. Everyone knows the star running backs' names, and fa- like you know them a lot because of fantasy football. People get fantasy, in, and exactly. it sounds silly, but it's true. Running backs are drafted really early. You know who's going to get big name and big endorsements? Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is going to get a who lot. Don't know who Bijan Robinson is? Drafts him in the first round of their fantasy draft. Yep. And then when you see Bijan Robinson in a and, Powerade commercial, people are going to buy Powerade. Exactly. I advise you not to draft Bijan first round or second. Just wait. What? Why? Why would you want to? You don't know how good he's going to play. Bro, he, we're not going to get into fantasy football <laughs> yeah. debate right now. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. We are I not would, unpacking all of that right now. I also don't know how Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes is going to play this year. I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah, but at least we know they played in the NFL before. Right, because we definitely didn't know that Jamar Chase was going to be good going into the NFL. Oh, he dropped two passes in preseason, and he had, like, the best rookie season ever. I don't think his hands are really good. So he actually dropped a couple passes. <laughs> Did they only draft him because Joe Burrow was on the team? <laughs> Meanwhile, Bijan Robinson had, like, a, like a one-handed catch in practice. He's in saucing people up in routes and stuff as a running back. I'll trust it. All right, don't draft him. I'm not. I'll scoop him up in the third round, I guess. <laughs> I'll be the one to do it. All right, fine. Twist my arm. I'll take him. Um, is there anything else to talk about in football? I can't. Um, uh, yeah, we oh, already... Travis Kelsey punched. Oh, yes. Head. Travis Kelsey is, punched yeah, the wild. hell because, out of his teammate. If people don't understand the backstory of Travis Kelsey, Travis is like kind of like a wild guy. Um, he had been in like he, he was involved in a bunch of like bad stuff at Cincinnati, and his brother, kind of Jason Kelsey, plays for the Eagles kind of pulled him out of it and he came to the league as a little bit immature and yeah. Reed helped grow him now suddenly he's winning super Bowl, super mature yeah. player and a mentor and then very uncharacteristically he catches a touchdown pass gets and hit slightly late but not super because the guy kind of goes for the ball a little bit to try to like knock it out but like it wasn't anything it looked like a normal play like it didn't look like anything serious and kind of just like bumps him in the chest a little bit and travis just turns around and just like clocks him just like this dude is walking away like his head like his head is away from travis kelsey and travis kelsey turns and punches him directly in the back of the head and mind you they got these big foam pads on on along with the helmet helmet. (laughs) so not only like the punch doesn't send i guess it sends a message without hurting the guy but i don't know what message you're trying to send you're arguably the greatest tight end who has ever played one super one two super bowls i think this dude is like fighting for a 53 person yeah, he's spot. fighting to yeah. like pay his bills like <laughs> jesus and then travis pulled a draymond and then just yeah just tries to punch it like knock him out for no now, reason fortunately it's football so like it didn't so really it's matter not, like, yeah that big of a deal as compared to basketball where you don't get into fights but just like very uncharacteristic and then like the he tweeted afterwards and was just like i need to be a better leader yeah, there was also another clip that came out of him like shoving somebody after a play or something like that. It was like again, it was like the defense like kind of hit him late, whatever. And he was like getting up in somebody's face, it's like, dude, there's a difference between being really competitive and getting like fired up and just being an asshole. <laughs> like, I don't know where this came from because you're right. Like Travis Kelsey, like he did have like that stuff at Cincinnati where he was like, this was very early on in his career. He's like old. He's like in his thirties. I think Cincinnati was ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. so it was it was a while because like he he wasn't a big name for a while and then it was like he, he kind of quarterback he played quarterback and then like he like came in as a tight end and for a while he didn't really like you know it was like oh he's like a solid tight end whatever but he's really exploded over the past like three probably four or five years um but it, yeah you're right because like he has this podcast with, the, with his brother new like new heights and it's like great, a, great podcast it's yeah. a great podcast and like they just like they seem super chill he seems like a great guy to like hang out with and talk to but then like yeah he just lit somebody up yeah. <laughs> like because taylor swift didn't take his phone number yeah, that's yeah true. i mean it could be which is a great story yeah. but it just was very strange coming from the chiefs too which is like they, they just won the super they, bowl they, they, they won the super bowl they didn't do anything in the offseason because they're really good they're developing a lot of their young defensive guys like they have a great shot to go back and win it again this year yeah and it's just a very like strange thing and i really like no one's really been talking about it since it happened so like mm-hmm. i'm not too concerned but just very 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 strange coming from them specifically i expected that out of a team like the cowboys or i'm trying to think of some other teams that just kind of have raiders (laughs) Raiders. um just some other teams like that Mm -hmm. not the defending super bowl yeah defending super bowl champions where everything seems so like clinical i mean patrick mahomes had family drama for the last three years and the team hasn't said a peep about it no 
that's how like tight lipped and like mature yeah, they they're are. Yeah, they're like, yeah, everything. we're not speaking on somebody else. And then on that. camera, you get Travis Kelsey just <laughs> side swiping a dude. <laughs> like, this who, poor guy who didn't even hit him that hard. Like I would not like, classify that him. as yeah. a late hit. Is what yeah, some was... people were calling it. It's like it was not a late hit. It was a slightly delayed interaction yeah it's like, and also it's football like you get way worse stuff than that like all the time and like like the, mac jones tripping you after a play yeah or kicking you in the nuts yeah like he, he's and a scumbag stepping on wait who stepped draymond stepping on draymond trying to cave in chest. somebody's chest yeah yeah but my my thing is like because there is i just don't i still i really don't understand because like there's the, the whole narrative every single every single year you get fights go out during practice and everyone's like oh my god this team is over we're all done but like that honestly that just shows like they're competitive because at the end of the day all of these guys have been playing football for 10 15 years at this point they all are really fired up like at the jets this year there was multiple um fights that broke out at one point but the fights are never like that they're never one dude just throwing a punch at somebody and then you know all hell breaks loose it's always like a big hit or like somebody gets hit late or something like that and then it's kind of like almost like a scuffle where everybody kind of just like starts shoving each other like don't really knows what to do um or even even the whole thing with uh the cowboys where trayvon diggs was like you know talking trash to dak and dak told him to like piss off whatever that's just like that's just trash talk like they're the best, some of the best athletes in the world. Like you're gonna be hyper competitive. You're gonna start talking trash. Everybody does that. And then of course later it comes out that it's like Trayvon's like, oh yeah, no, I got nothing but love for Dak. Like you know, it's just like trash talking during practice. And then Dak's like, yeah, it's the same thing. Like this happens all the time. And that's what I think some people don't get is that it's like it's very normal for that kind of stuff. But it's not normal just to punch a random teammate in the back of the head. That's weird. And it was just so isolated. It wasn't like they were in a pit. Like jawing back and forth and things got a little overheated and someone kind of like swung out yeah hand. you'll see that sometimes it's, everybody was walking away and then he just comes up and just sucker punches yeah. them in the back it of the reminds head. me a lot of and i forgive me if i get the player wrong but they played for the saints and like he just like the play was dead and he just stood there oh no, no, no. The so guy. The guy on the bears um is when cj gardner johnson was oh, yeah, on saints. the saints yeah. but it was the guy on the bears who ripped his mouth guard and then punched him yeah. and then cj was just thought, standing I, there I like was, what i thought it was cj but then i was like and it was cj but then i was like oh, maybe because he was on the eagles last year so I was like, maybe yeah i'm like no you're right it was two years ago because cj uh at one point he had uh, he actually swiped the guy's mouth guard a couple plays ago <laughs> and then it was like two drives happened and then they came back out there, and then they lined up, and then the dude immediately grabbed his mouth guard, punched him in the face. CJ Gardner Johnson just stood there, Did didn't do anything, and the dude punched him again. And then Janoris Jenkins jumped on the guy's <laughs> back, and it just went crazy. It, it kind of remind. It wasn't as dramatic as that, but it reminded but it, yeah. me of that where I was just like, "Why? Like, why what are you, you do doing? That? Yeah." So that was the Chiefs' little. That's like that's the most drama that's going to be in the Chiefs. For the, the entire, entire season, year. yeah. Like, well, until Brittany does something. Well, yeah, next. I guess. Brittany, um, you are next. Jackson Mahomes, I guess. I think is finally in court. What now. happened with his civil suits? We I think know. he's. I think he's finally in court. Oh, he's in court, but there's there's been talks that Chiefs fans or like people. No, it's it's um it's his. It's I think it's his fans specifically mm -hmm. have been sending death threats and are like basically trying to get the business owner like fired or like get her to drop the charges. Yeah. Interesting. Which is pretty messed up. Jackson Mahomes has like stands, I guess. Apparently, he's and a why TikTok would you... star, dude. He's a TikTok star, an annoying one. He... Well, dude, that doesn't matter. He appeals to <laughs> fan bases. It's it's a TikTok, bro. <laughs> like, don't question it. I don't. I could not imagine either. someone being a Jackson Mahomes stand. <laughs> Jackson. Bro, there's people sending people gifts on lives for acting like an NPC. Now. Like... Uh, dude, that dude, they make money though. I know. We might need to. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to try to get into that. Yeah, I mean, listen. Thank like... you for the rose. Thank you. It smells for the... nice. Ooh, wow. Glizzy, I'm not doing that. Okay. I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay. Glizzy gobblers. Glizzard. What I do want to talk about, though, switching gears, is the World Cup. Uh, the yes, women. the Women's World um, Cup. And transparently, I don't know about anyone else, I have not watched a lot of Women's World Cup besides the USA women. I've watched some of the games. Okay, no, cool. Yeah. So we have on. a little bit of analysis. But I did want to start with the US because we are from the United States of America. We are. And our women's team has won two World Cups back-to-back. -back. They're going for three. Mm-hmm. What's going on? So um, I got a breakdown. Uh, well, first, I watched the game that they tied. I forget who it was against. You watched the Portugal game? Uh, no, one before that. Uh, that was where... Oh, Netherlands. Netherlands, yes. Okay. Netherlands game. Transparently, I don't think a lot of people watched the Portugal game because it's on at 3 in the morning. And, yeah. we, and we, <laughs> even though we are sitting here today, 
We do go to work. We do actually yeah. go to work. But um, we have lives. But yeah, so I watched that game, and um, my girlfriend, she's uh, she's a former soccer player, and like she actually follows the women's team uh, pretty extensively. And her breakdown and analysis is that um, it's mostly that they are kind of in a transition period uh, between like the old guard and the new players, and the coach isn't playing the new players and is kind of just trying to keep the old guard like Alex Morgan, like Megan Rapino on the field. Like, they're still starters. Yeah. And they're just obviously past their prime at this point. Because in the last World Cup, um, I believe was it Alex Morgan or Carly Lloyd at the hat trick? Where but Carly like Lloyd, I think? Yeah, I think it was Lloyd. Carly Lloyd had a hat trick, but she was definitely at her end. Exactly. And she retired. And but the thing is that at this point, Alex Morgan, um, people have come onto the US national team after her and have retired at this point. Yeah. So she is past her prime and this is no shit to alex morgan, alex no, morgan had a absolutely kid, not had a baby and came back before the no, last no, no, no. Cup. A- absolutely no, yeah. not i just want to clarify that we're not yes no this is not at all trying to bag on alex morgan and there absolutely is a purpose for her to be on the team because yeah. the, the rest of the team is very young so they need that veteran yeah. player they need somebody who's been there done that been there on the biggest stage possible to be able to lead the team but she just can't be the starter at this point yeah same thing with rapino it's like they're just past their prime. Yeah. there's nothing wrong with that did rapino start the portugal game i don't remember i don't remember because it, but... she didn't start the game against the netherlands and no. she didn't start the game against um vietnam yeah but that's basically the big thing is that like they are just like they're kind of trying to hold on to yeah like their old wins and it's like it's just i because the, the whole thing is that like the new players that are, are playing are very hungry they are fired up they're ready to go and it's not really their fault but it's like it's yeah. kind of the coach that's like that's holding them back in the end because yeah. they they are getting so many opportunities during the netherlands game they had like four or five shots on goal in like uh yeah in like a whole stretch and they were all great shots that are just slightly missing or it's like they'll hit like a post or it'll be like the goalie will like just get a finger on it and like get it yeah. out of the way so like they're there it's just they aren't finishing yeah my biggest thing with the, watching the team is, and I played soccer. I've played soccer for about 14 years. Um, until I got to college, I stopped. Um, they just, I, the U.S. doesn't look like they know what they need to do in the final third of the field. So when they cross half court, half field mm-hmm. and they get into the 18-yard box and move it back about 12 more yards. So in the final 30, they don't look like they know what they're doing. They're not chaining passes well. Their crosses that they're sending in are bouncing off players before it actually gets a good look into the middle. Um there was a couple times during the Netherlands game where a player would be within the 18 at the top and looking to pass the ball instead of shooting the ball, which if you're within the 18, you should be looking to put the ball on frame. And they're not making those opportunities, and it's sucking their midfield up, and then they're running back on defense. The reason the Netherlands scored that goal in that one game was because Lindsey Horan and some of the other midfielders were all the way up and they just didn't get back, so the defending was all over the place, and someone came in very cleanly and had a shot from about 12 yards out. And because, that's, that's impossible for a goalie. Like yeah, it's impossible for um, Nair to get that because she got a free shot. It's because the midfield didn't drop back in. So they're not. I don't think they're really executing well in the final third, and I think that's reflective of the fact that they've got um, Roadman up there, and they've got Sophia Smith up there, who are both really young, and they've got Alex Morgan at the middle, who has not really played that well this tournament. Um, and I don't know, maybe there's someone better on the bench than her. I don't know. I don't look at the practice. I don't watch practices. I don't go to the practices. I don't mm-hmm. talk to the coach. So I don't know if Alex Morgan is the best option they have, but whatever that three front is doing right now, they're not working. It's not working out well. And then in the midfield, I don't think they're really controlling the games like they used to. Yeah. Their defense has been great. They left up zero goals against Vietnam, which isn't that impressive. Let up one goal against the Netherlands, which I'm not blaming their defense for, because I think the midfield really blew that one. And they held Portugal, Portugal to a clean sheet. One put, the ball did hit the post at the end of the 92nd minute, but besides that one bloop, they, they yeah. held him to zero goal. So the U.S. is not letting up any goals. They're playing well defensively. They really need to figure out the, the, it's off, the attack, the offensive third. They need mm-hmm. to execute better. It's yeah. not like they don't have the ball a lot and they don't know what they're doing and they're out of position. It's like they're just like it's bad. Like Roadman played terrible in the Netherlands game. Yeah. Just balls were bouncing off her foot everywhere. Yep. And I don't know if that's nerves, is that youth and inexperience, but. The U.S. women still have a chance. They're playing Sweden. Yeah, they're favored to win the game. Um, I think some of that might be American bias, but also if this team starts play well, there's no one if else. If they start finishing, they're really, really good. And anything can happen. Germany's out of the tournament. <laughs> the blue the lock team in the world. They're out of the, the tournament. blue lock. Japan coming in again. <laughs> so anything can happen. I'm excited to watch Sunday's game, but I'm also nervous because I think I think it's a very real. It's chance. gonna it's gonna be an intense game. Mm-hmm. 
and the thing that I hate is you get the narrative of people like, oh, if the women don't win this game. I'm never watching them again. Uh, whatever. US. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, that means they're going to win. Never mind. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait. They're the reverse rush. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that for a second. And even if the U.S. does lose, cool. I think I made, what, $2 because I'm only putting a dollar on it. Sick. But yeah, like it's it is really frustrating how, especially for like the U.S. women's team, because like now the only mark the only like um media they're getting now is saying that they're terrible when they you know for eight years they were the, the best team on the planet and like they were clearly so much better than everybody else yeah and like this is like part of the thing where i think like social media is very reactionary and i don't mm-hmm. feel like i'm a reactionary person like the u.s got into the like got into the like tournament yeah like the bra- the bracket play that is so important because once you get in there, you have a shot. Exactly. Germany can't compete. Exactly. Like, the second team in the world, everyone's like, oh, the U.S. number one team in the world. They barely got out of the group play. Germany didn't get out of group play. Yeah. They're home. They can't play for the world champion. They can't get first, second, or third. They're yeah. done. They're yeah, out. Exactly. So the U.S. has a chance to go in and win a game. Yeah. And then you're down to eight teams. And the, exactly. because And the whole thing is that it's like the U.S. is so young. Like yep. they are so young across the board. So it's like, God forbid one year they don't win the world cup yep. and they come back next year or next time locked and loaded. I sure be happy if the men won world one world cup. I would wish they would get past the round Maybe. of 16. <laughs> like, like, uh, America. Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, when Pulisic puts on an American Jersey, he's, insane oh, yeah, that's <laughs> but the LeBron James brave world brave world order oh uh, yeah yeah brave new brave world new world yeah the new captain america movie but um coming to theater near you oh, sh- don't you show for marvel this, we're not this, we're not sponsored this by show them is sponsored by the marvel cinematic universe do we get a disney Ever sponsorship wonder what it's like to have a really good set of 23 movies and no. be slightly disappointed for the next 12 <laughs> project well, we have a story for you now streaming on disney plus it's up. a great new show <laughs> called Secret Edition, which has like 11 percent on rotten tomatoes especially the <laughs> finale episode which everyone hated don't worry they're coming out with season two of loki a show that everyone thought was kind of freaky and weird and maybe good but now experts agree is not good and season two is just gonna be where did that monologue come from get disney plus for 8.99 a month that it, it might the subscription cr- price might be increasing this year to because of the writer's strike <laughs> because of the writer's strike go get your subscriptions now use code wash 20 at checkout to save 50 cents on your subscription and let us know in the comment section below if you like secret invasion as much as i did when i haven't watched it yet back to the show what what the hell <laughs> Oh my god. Where did god. that come from? Okay. It came from a deep place. Yeah, clearly. Um been watching too many good movies like Oppenheimer. The Oppenheimer Barbie. And good TV shows like Master Chef. I have Chef. now become Death Destroyer of Worlds. I am now become drunk driver of cars. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was my favorite meme. I don't drink and drive. I need to make that very clear. It's just a very funny meme. If Oppenheimer was a football player. Where do you play? Well, yeah. I feel like he's an offense coordinator. He, I, he wouldn't be a football player. He wouldn't be a player. He's too nerdy. He is really tall. The general would have been a... He would have been a fullback. For sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt Damon at fullback? Yeah. Give me that. <laughs> what about Robert Downey Jr.? Mm. I feel like he could have been a... I feel like they're both... DB. Defensive back? I, feel like they're, they're all I think if Oppenheimer did play a position, it'd be linebacker. Really? Ooh, you think like Killian Murphy's a linebacker? Head head of the defense. I'm uh, trying to think like bra- big yeah. brain here. I guess that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I see. Get the scenes where he's analyzing. Like you can see the particles and the yeah. waves, and you're just sitting there like analyzing. He's like, I know this play. It's like no, that Luke. No, Ke- bud. That's just that, schizophrenia. The Luke Keekley <laughs> thing where he's like just telling his defense where to go. <laughs> like, hey, that's that wheel. Oh, well, it's the opposite with Cam Newton. The, that's the, like, the Cam Newton like, thing. Hey, it's the wheel route. And Cam's like, Oh, cool. You've been studying. <laughs> Watch this. They throw the <laughs> wheel around. He scores a touchdown. No, my favorite clip from Luke Keekley. This is so off topic, but it's of him. And it's. Well, don't worry. I've been having a place for the Panthers, so it's uh, on topic. Oh, it's fine. Okay. So, yeah. So, um,. It's it's just the the caption is just like man this team has Luke Keekley stressing and it's Luke Keekley dragging players across the field to put them in the right positions for the play and then he ends up going like makes like the tackle whatever and he gets up and he's like guys what are we doing? There's <laughs> a one man defense wrecking crew. He Literally. was so good. God, he was so good. I'm so I'm so pissed. Him he had and, all those him and Andrew Luck are the players where I'm just like damn they really. I wish, dude. I wish that that the in, like if we could turn off injuries for certain players, it, I would pick those two in a heartbeat. I'm not even a fan of either of those teams. Yeah, but Andrew Luck was so good. He was so unbelievably good. He was the next Peyton Man. 
He's exactly what Trevor Lawrence is. Was. Yeah. yeah. He, he walks so Trevor Lawrence could run. Yeah. They are such similar players. They have like the similar attitudes, like leading like these young teams. Like big names at college came in, clear number one draft pick, was good since day one. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had a little bit weird of a well, first that's year. Well, Urban Meyer was Well, there. Urban Meyer. Yeah, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, he had a little bit first, but generally like now he's year two, now he's going to year three. Everyone thinks he's a top five, yeah. top six quarterback in the league. Or even like Robert Griffin the third too. Like his yep. injuries killed his career, but he was he walked so that way Lamar Jackson and everybody else could run. Like S- could sprint. Could, yeah, could I mean, sprint, like, yeah. Crazy what the running backs are doing, like running wise. The old man, <sighs> yeah, it's Don't cursed. It. it really is cursed. <laughs> the Dan Snyder effect. All right, little baseball corner. Oh, small baseball corner. Yeah, lost. small baseball corner. Let's go. Baseball's. I, I we talked about it a little bit last podcast, but I want to reiterate what's going on in baseball right now is so good for the sport. Oh yeah, like there's like everyone is jammed, like is log jammed in for wild card spots right now, which mm-hmm. makes it super exciting. There is genuinely like. Four teams in the league. I'm going to pull up the standings right now. The so Yankees are last place in their division with 50 wins. Yeah, yeah, that is insane. It's it's crazy. They're like teams that are having good seasons are suddenly in like in threat of not missing playoffs. Here's the teams that are like definitely out of it. The Oakland Athletics, unfortunately. Okay, yeah. The Rockies are definitely out of it. Yeah. <laughs> They're booty. The Nationals are out of it. Yeah. The Cardinals are out of it. I think the Mets are too. And then I would say the Pirates are out of it. And then beyond that, I wouldn't go super crazy. The Mets are like seven and a half out. Actually, we'll count the Mets. Then it's the Padres who are three and a half out. There's way too many games. So that's five teams in the NL that are out. That don't I don't think have a shot. Yeah. And then there's four teams. The A's, the Royals, the White Sox, and the Tigers who are out of it in the AL. So there's like 10 teams in a league of 30. That cannot make it. So there's 20 teams fighting for positions. And it's not like these division leaders are super clear and done. Yeah. For example, the Brewers right now are leading the, the central division in the NL. The Reds have the same exact wins as them. They just have two more losses. Yeah. So that could flip any day. Mm-hmm. The Braves, they've won the division. Yeah. They're, they're set in stone. But otherwise, like the Dodgers play in the same division as the, the Giants. Yeah, the Giants, the Giants are, are sneaky good this the year. The Giants I don't know have what they're doing. one less win than them and a couple more losses, and that could easily change based yeah. on a couple more games, right? Yeah. So that's out. The Marlins, who are in the same division with the Phillies and the Braves, are half a game out of the Phillies in the wild card spot. The Diamondbacks are out of the wild card spot, but they are also two games. Wait, no, they're like five games behind the division leader and a couple games behind the Giants. It's just all log jammed up like crazy, and it makes every game so important, right? Yep. The Phillies went in, and I'm talking about the Phillies because they are a relevant baseball team, and me and Roger are a fan of them. The Phillies went into the into Miami, won three out of the four games, almost won four out of four. But, you know, and Trey Turner. that's big because like it's a it's division game. It's also big for the wild card spot, and you're feeling good about themselves. And usually in a baseball season, you say, hey, a random game here and there that you lose um, isn't that big of a deal. They lose to the Royals tonight, and it's a catastrophe because the Royals aren't good. Now they've won seven in a row, but the Royals aren't good. Suddenly it's a catastrophe because you just lost an easily winnable game at home in a tight race. Every game is so important. And we see this last night with Shohei Otani has a really good game on the mound, a great game batting. The Angels lose, and you're just like, the Angels are kind of fighting for a spot in a wild yeah. card mm-hmm. with some injuries hoping to get Mike Trout back. Every game matters so much for mm-hmm. baseball. Usually in a season, it's like, these games don't matter that much. And there's so many teams that it's like, hey, we rattle off a couple wins. We're inside. Even the Guardians are six and a half games out. They traded a lot of their players, so they're probably not going to. Yeah, they're probably just like. They're probably going to fade out. But even six and a half games, you're like. That's not impossible. No, like, it's not impossible. You rattle off a couple good wins and yeah. suddenly you're three games out and anything can happen. You win a series, right? Yeah. So that's awesome for baseball. And you've got these stars like Verlander's getting traded around. Scherzer's getting Scherzer's traded. getting traded around. Shohei is still dominating the league. Shohei is. Ellie De La Cruz is so excited. Yeah. You've got drama on the Phillies with Trey Turner. <laughs> Being like, bad. Like, you've got all this kind of, even the Padres have a lot of, like, big hitters, like Manny yeah. Machado and whatnot, and they're not performing. Well, I think something that's really important this year. Oh, my God. Something that's really important this year, the top four, um, it's like the top four, like, highest paid teams, yeah. whatever. All of them are out of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, not anymore. The Phillies are in the playoffs now. Well, okay. But yeah. then it's, it's, it was what? The Mets, the 
Padres and the Yankees, I think. Really. That's Padres, Yankees, Phillies, yeah. Philly. And then Phillies are in the playoffs. Well, they're, right now they're in the yeah. playoffs, yeah. But, like, that is huge. That is crazy that these smaller market teams are fighting really hard yep. for these positions. And it's good for the sport. The pitch clocks helped out a lot. And, like, baseball's really exciting. Again, I got it. I said this last episode. I got into baseball a little bit more this year because the Phillies were really good and they mm-hmm. had a good run last year. But viewership is up across the entire league. Yep. It's very exciting. I was at a Pirates game for the Phillies, and I was at a Pirates game against the Guardians. They're still selling out their – they're still filling up their arena. The Pirates, the are, Pirates are forever terrible. bad, but they – they're. I will say the Pirates fans are the some of the best diehard fans like mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, it's just it's a really exciting time. Yeah. To be to watch baseball, the league is doing a really good job, and I'm excited to see where everything happens. I hope the Phillies can pull it out a little bit because they haven't been playing well. Um, but nonetheless, I'm in for the ride. I'm definitely gonna be watching. I would not watch the baseball playoffs. Uh, last year, I wouldn't have watched if the Phillies weren't doing good. I'm 100 watching the the playoffs this, this year, year, regardless of like I will watch almost every single game. Yep. And get invested. Um, it's kind of hard otherwise because you like your team plays almost every single day, so it's hard to be like, let me go watch a random Braves game and see yeah. how that goes because the Phillies play ever the Phillies play for seventeen straight days. Like I'm watching them if I'm watching any team. Um, but super fun. Anybody ever any baseball comments besides Shohei Otani needing to go? I hate Trey Turner. Um, the Yankees are bad. I I still like them, but but good. They're like, it, well, yeah, like they're bad, but they still have 50 wins and are last in the division for the first it's, time since like 1990 or something like that. I hate the Yankees, <laughs> but it's such a bad beat. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. The fact that like, I feel it's a little bit in the Phillies, like we're winning a bunch of games. We're way, we're significant, not significant, we're seven, eight games over 500. But it's just like the league's really good this year. You're, if you're not in the playoffs, you're not in the playoffs. There's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about that. There's no moral victories, especially for a team like the Yankees, and they're not in right now. Also, can we talk about Herman, your pitcher? Who, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What the sticky weird. substances? I don't know. The perfect game. And then the alcohol problem. I don't. This He's so weird. I have no idea. Like, I didn't even know who that guy was before he pitched. The I didn't know who he was <laughs> until he was just right again. And then now there's all came about this. Like, I apparently he was banned for sticky substances. And before yeah, that, then he know. pitched the perfect game. No sticky substances. And yeah. then I don't know if you need that, like a placebo confidence or whatever. I, and then alcohol problem yeah like, i've I, i've never heard of a professional athlete well actually i ne- correct that i haven't <laughs> heard of a professional athlete in a while getting like put into like an alcohol substance abuse thing yeah like that's cr- like how hammered are you getting yeah pre-game and baseball games like what are we doing here just like us for real oh my god just a very weird thing and then he's just kind of after his perfect game he kind of just like fell off oh he was horrible yeah and then um shout out to valdez he had a um like a no hitter mm-hmm. um the other day not a perfect game but a no hitter he played for the astros so we hate him um but yeah we all hate him but but still you gotta give credit credits too. um that ends the baseball quarter for this episode <laughs> yeah and we're gonna move over to the betting corner where <laughs> i'm gonna share my betting story uh-huh. from we haven't recorded in a few weeks been busy but i went to a pirates game pirates guardians and i was like you know what i need to do by the way gamble responsibly 1-800 gambler if you have a yes, gambling problem please yes. please gamble responsibly Raj is going to say stupid stuff during this, but just know we all we are all 21 years old yes. and gambling is allowed in our state. Yep. Mm-hmm. So everything is done legally. If you need help, make sure you contact someone. Don't bet money you don't have. Um, bet on the UConn lacrosse team. It is free. UConn even has a lacrosse team. <laughs> anyway, so I'm at the Pirates game and I'm like, you know what's going to make this game fun? Betting on like live betting and yeah. watching in like in the arena, seeing like someone hit the ball that I bet on. So yeah. we're about third inning in and the pirates had this first time pitcher and his name is Quinn Priester. And he's, he's like the first major league game. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bet like a hit parlay. So I bet four players to hit a hit two on the pirates, two on the guardians. Um, so it was Quan Ramirez. No, they played for the guardian. They played for the guardians. Ron Quan and Ramirez. And then I bet on Jared Trujillo. And then one other player. I don't remember who it was. Reynolds. Um, no, um, and I could pull it up, but I don't care enough. Um, <laughs> That's how you know it then, lost. Actually, no, I'm going to pull it up. It lost. Um, anyway, we're going we're gonna to get to that. <laughs> we're gonna get anyway, to it. so it's kind of going off to a horrible start. And I'm like wondering what I did. Like, Quan comes up a couple times the bat against the bad pitcher. He's not getting hits. Ramirez is missing hits and whatnot. I'm just like, oh, gosh, this is like going to be a, uh, an L, right? And I had pretty good odds on it. It was like $5 to win 37 or in like profit 32. Um, I can pull up the exact odds. Um, 
It was. I haven't bet a lot since then, so uh, that's good. We like that. Um, okay, it was the second player was Nick Gonzalez. He was playing the game. So five dollars went uh, thirty-seven plus six forty-three odds. Okay, that's pretty good. So it was, good, it was a pretty good bet. It was unlikely to hit. Um, and so I was just watching the game, and eventually Ramirez gets his first hit, and I'm like, "There's life," but it's pretty late in the game. It's like the <laughs> sixth inning, and I'm like, "Uh oh!" Like the starting pitcher has gone out that I knew it for the Pirates. I knew it was bad, so I was like it's gonna be like you're bullpen in. It could be harder to get hits. Anyway, Gonzalez gets like this hit. And I'm like, this is hype. I think he hit a double. And I was like, oh, no doubt about it. We got two. The game is coming to an end. And I'm stressed. I'm like, oh, man. And then I didn't, I thought my bet had kind of lost. I kind of gave up. Then Quan gets a hit, like the seventh or something. Oh. And I'm like, it's back on. I'm like, we're back on. But then Trujillo, my last player I need, comes up. It's like the bottom of the seventh inning. And he doesn't get a hit. And I'm like, I'm not sure it's going to get back to him. Yeah. And I was like, I lost the bet. Anyway, Pirates end up getting a couple batters around. It is the ninth inning, the bottom of the ninth inning, and Chirillo is the third hitter to go up. So he's going to hit no he matter what. He has to hit. He has to hit for my $5 to turn into, again, I don't bet money I don't have. I bet very small bets. $5 to turn into 32 profit. And he hits the most dinkerish ball for a single. It pops up over the first baseman in this awkward gap between first base and right field. And it's not really that deep. Like it was more just that they miscommunicated and the ball just dropped through. And me and my friends that I'm with, we're going nuts. Like everyone, <laughs> we were like, we were already being kind of heinous. People were leaving the park because the pirates were down like 11, nothing. <laughs> uh, and we were like rooting for players that were like kind of mid to get hits and whatnot. And we are like going crazy. I was talking to Guardians fans and I was like, you all need to like root for my, I was like, you won the game. Just root for my parlay to hit. And I watched it come off his bat and I was like, that's a dinker. That's not going anywhere. And it just kind of floats like right down and drops in and he gets to the base. And I'm just, I'm dumbfounded because it's like, it's the bottom of the ninth. Third it is hole, the last out. hitter. There's two outs. Yeah. No one's on base. Like you might as well just strike, like shoot for the fences, try to get a home run. Yeah just dinks it in and i cash my bet and we the subway ride home i was like this man was fired was like, let's up go like, <laughs> i felt so good about myself for a bet that had no business <laughs> cashing so that's my betting story for the betting corner absolutely incredible just I went one over. of those great moments that makes you think i need to bet again but obviously <laughs> responsibly call one under gambler if you have a problem raj on to you welcome to my betting story from the pirates phillies game where i went Oh, for five on a parlay or on separate bets? Many things. First, I did a, I did yes runs in the first because no I was like, you know, it's a pirates. Justin. By yes runs for non-experienced betters, he means he was betting at someone that one of the teams would was get a run, run in the first mm -hmm. set of innings, top of the first, bottom of the first. Yep. And which is it's pretty rare to happen. Most of the time, it's a clean sheet through those innings. But Justin told me it's a new pitcher. Schwarber's up first. Same pitcher, Quinn Priester. We went to the game. Yeah. All of us went to the Schwarber, game. Schwarber, you know, randomly out of nowhere, once every couple weeks, will just hit an absolute bomb of a home run. On the first pitch. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you know what? Why not? Put $5 down on it. We'll see what happens. And then, you know, Phillies go up, strike out, fly out, strike out or fly out. I forgot what happened. But then the Pirates go, and, you know, first batter, Noel strikes him out. And then the next batter hits one and i'm watching it i'm like oh my god please and then it got caught in the outfield and i lost <laughs> but that first bet then i had another parlay it was like a throwaway dollar parlay and i've had casty getting a home run or something something stupid did not happen and then another one was like a real like true parlay it was strikeouts with Knowles getting five the other dude getting like three or four and then i had player hits with stott bohm casty and I'm pretty sure I think it didn't hit because Cassie didn't get a hit that game. Nice. And then I had a fourth throwaway home run one where I was like, okay, we'll put McCutcheon home run. Oh, yeah, you did hit the McCutcheon home run. I remember that one. McCutcheon, Reynolds, Schwarber, and Cassie home run. I had to throw away a dollar to make 250-something. Yeah, like something insane. Why not? And obviously that didn't hit, but, you know, my the one real bet I had, it's kind of disappointing. I'm like, thanks, Cassie. But uh, the biggest disappointment on the Phillies for me right now and who I refuse to bet on ever again is Trey Turner himself. Trey Vance Turner, if you ever see this clip, understand. Philly fans gave you an applause today, hoping it would help you. But no, yeah, 
hit it out to first, then you struck out, and then you got a single when it didn't matter, when it kind of mattered, but we still lost. You also cost us the sweep against the Marlins. You also cost me $650. Mind you, this was not $650 that Raj actually lost. It's what he could have made yeah. on the bets. But he, he cost me profiting $650 every other leg hit. All Trey Vance Turner needed to do was just hit the ball and get on base. That's it. They were playing the Oakland Athletics. Oh, I remember that one. It's not that hard, Trey. But I hope you get better. I hope you seek help. I hope you go to Lehigh Valley for all I care. Just play good because we gave you $300 million. We can also be sympathetic to the fact that baseball is a hard game mentally. Oh, I, and- I understand. And it doesn't help being going to um, Citizens Bank and getting booed. Yeah. But when your own mother says, I would boo at you too, you got to take a step back and realize <laughs> what is going on with me. Anyways. Mama Turner ain't taking any of this garbage. Yeah. Anyways. That's it? Yeah, I'm done. All right. Before we head out, I got a parlay. Oh, boy. I hooked up. Oh, Lord. So three-leg parlay. Okay. Division winners in baseball. Okay. Brewers, Astros, Twins. Oh, I like get it. Plus 382. They're both kind of like... The Twins are definitely fa- heavy favorites at minus 380. Astros are going to win. win. Yeah. Astros are kind of even right now, but I think really they... They'll win. They probably a little bit of a World Series hangover. Start playing with some good momentum now. They just got a new pitcher. Um, Valdez just had a no hitter. I don't know if he's coming around in form. Well, Verlander's back. Verlander's back. Yeah, sorry, Verlander's back. Basically loaned to the Mets. Yeah, Yeah, he was on loan, and then. So I think they'll be better and clean clean up the division. And the Brewers, they're kind of even right now in that division with the Reds. I think. I think the Brewers end up. I think the Brewers end up winning the division. The Reds kind of are this like streaky team, Mm -hmm. um, and I think the Brewers will end up pulling it out. So little can get plus three eighty two odds in it. Of course, for the betting segment. Gamble responsibly. Don't bet money you don't have. 1-800-GAMBLER. We are all 21 and betting in the state of Pennsylvania, which is completely legal. And we're also from New Jersey, which is also legal. Yes. The Rutgers lacrosse team wins strange games. Please bet on the Rutgers lacrosse don't, team. Please don't bet on anything that you're not confident in. Anyone? I don't think Rutgers has lacrosse team. I'm not sure either. They probably do. It's Jersey. Do we have anything else? Um, no. no. Drop a like, comment, subscribe. This has been the Watch Athlete Podcast. We will see you next time.